Welcome to yet another edition of Recipe for Greatness. I believe there's a wonderful week ahead of each one of us. I'm very excited about today's message because I believe it will be a blessing to you. So I want you to call friends together. I want you to call your family together. I want you to stay tuned and be blessed. God bless you. I want you to join me in your Bibles this morning in the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. A title is Love Without Restraint. Love Without Restraint. Matthew chapter 9, and I'll read from verse 35 to 37. Praise God. All right. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36. Let's read together. It was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest that he pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The Lord bless the reading of his word. So the scripture says here that Jesus, seeing the multitude, he was moved with compassion because he said they were like sheep without shepherd. They were like sheep without shepherd. They were like sheep without shepherd. That means it's not normal for sheep to be without shepherd. That means according to divine ordination and what God expects, according to God's original intention. Sheep should always be with shepherd. And if God would care so much about animals to ordain it to be like that, uh, I'm, I'm sure Jesus uh, was not talking about sheep here, literally. He said they were like, you know, it's a metaphoric, uh, talking about human beings. It means that in God's you know, original intention also, human beings are not supposed to be without guidance, are not supposed to be without care, are not supposed to be without love. Humans are not supposed to be free radicals. And by implication, that was supposed to be a dangerous thing. So he was moved with compassion for them. Because according to God's original intention, they were not supposed to be shaped without shepherds. I'll come back to this scripture, but I would love to read from Mark chapter 2 and verse number 1 to 5, the second passage of the scripture, and then I'm going to start to tie everything together. I'm discussing love without restraint. Mark chapter 2, and I'll read from verse 1 to 5. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was hard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that so there was no 
longer room to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Somebody say four. Oh, come on, say it again. Say four. Was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they, low, they, they, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, somebody said there. There. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Uh, the important things that I want us to take out of this passage of the scripture was one, that Jesus uh, was there present with the power of the Holy Spirit and was healing. And the Bible says the place was filled so that people could not even have a place to stand beside the door. There was no leg room for people. And then there, there came four people carrying a paralytic man who was on the bed. This is very instructive in the, in the sense that the scripture says that four people carried this guy. And when there was no room, they refused to give up. They went on the roof, tore up the roof, and lowered the guy down. And the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Not the faith of the paralytic. But the faith of the four guys who will take no for an answer and will lower this guy so that he, he, he could be in front of Jesus. He saw their faith, then he spoke to the paralytic. He saw their faith, then he spoke to the paralytic. Son, your sins are forgiven you. And the man was healed of the infirmity. But Jesus saw the fate of the four men who brought him. Back to Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said that people were like sheep without shepherd. That means they didn't have people who will care for them. The work of a shepherd is to watch over the sheep, care for the sheep, meet the physical needs, the nourishment, the need to be nourished for the sheep, and then guide the sheep in the right direction so that they don't get into the ditch. Am I saying the truth? I said, am I saying the truth? These are the responsibilities of the shepherd. And in life, life becomes interesting when we can say categorically that love is flowing to us and flowing from us. I've said that before. You know, in the, within this series. When love is flowing from me, and love is flowing to me. You know what happens when love is flowing from, uh, to me, but not flowing from me? Is that somebody whose need has to be met through love flowing from me will not also have their needs met. Because some of us, we focus more on love flowing to us. And if I can get the fair share of love that I need, to feel secure, to feel okay, to feel like a human being, then I can move on. And then we don't mind, you know, just, you know, keeping the one that we have. But God wants us to 
be a channel of love. And he wants us to experience love. That's why uh, from the beginning, God created families. A family unit is a fundamental demonstration of the wisdom of God that, you know, you can't get anything better than that. You can't. Nobody thought of the family. God did. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, God did. God instituted the family. It's, 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 it's a demonstration of the highest dimension of the wisdom of God. Because man cannot survive without a family in the real sense of it. What happens when the family becomes dysfunctional? The every member of that family, every you know, unit member of that family becomes dysfunctional. The proof of area fathers are area boys. Area boys don't just become area boys. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's because we have area fathers that we're having area boys. And we've said also, or, or, I mean, several that God does not run an orphanage, he runs a family. Orphanage is a making of man to create pseudo-family or family experience for the cause of dysfunctionality. And so goes the family, so goes a nation. That's how it works. There's a death of leadership in the nations of the world. And it directly, the direct implication is that uh, the family structures are breaking down. All the people who are making life miserable for the average Nigerian today, who carry all the money that's meant for millions of people and, you know, keep it to themselves, they came from a family. Is it that somebody told them and they didn't listen? Or nobody was there to tell them that you don't take what doesn't belong to you. Am I saying the truth? Because for some of us right now, we're having to contend with telling our kids, you can't bring a pencil into this house that doesn't belong to you. And we put our feet down. And we insist. Because it starts from pencil. Then become billions of dollars. Am I saying the truth? But if I've been told over and again, don't take pencil or eraser that doesn't belong to you. When I see billions sitting down that doesn't belong to me, I won't touch. Plus the fear of God. Like I was saying in the first service, when God will beam his such light over the elevation church and will say it's time to pick governors from this church, we will be able to say that as those people go there, they will know not to touch pencil or eraser that doesn't belong to them. Because we can talk and talk and pray and pray in this nation, trusting God for a change. But it starts from how we run our individual families. But I'm going to keep that for another day. Today we're focusing on the spiritual family. A spiritual family. When Jesus looked at the, the crowd and he said, they're like sheep without shepherd, he was saying that they lack guidance. I hope you understand what I'm saying. They lack care. There's nobody watching over them. Anything that is left to itself will spoil. I hope you understand what I'm saying. 
And the way God created us, like we say, no man is an island. You cannot pull everything and string everything together all by yourself. All by yourself. That's not God's original intention. And you don't know more than him. If you could sort it out yourself, you should have dropped from heaven. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I've just dropped. And nobody knew, I mean, nobody knew you from Adam, so nobody disturbs you. Because some of us behave as if we dropped. <laughs> yeah. Physically and spiritually. Because we get to a point where we're okay now. We don't need anybody. That's how we be. We don't need anybody. The journey of destiny cannot be interesting that way. Tell your neighbor this one. Tap your neighbor. Say, I need you. No, we didn't do it very well. Tap somebody and say, I need you. Praise God. So it's very important that we understand that the God's original intention is that love will flow from me and flow through me within my spiritual family. I need a spiritual family. I need a place where I can experience the love of God in its full ramification. The devil has an alternative, you know, uh, of agenda. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have, uh, I have come that you may have life and you may have it in abundance. He said, but the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The devil wants you hurt. And hurt so badly. And why? Because hurting people hurt people. How do we increase the cycle of hurt except we get each other hurt? I can't be hurting and I won't hurt somebody else. And it doesn't matter who hurts you. You hurt whoever is available. I hope you understand. That's why you have a bad fight with your spouse and then you get to the office, you yell at everybody. It's not their problem, but yet they're around. <laughs> and whoever is around will partake of it. That's how it works. You finish arguing with your spouse, you meet the kids, they don't go, go, get out. <laughs> yeah. Hurting people hurt people. So the devil wants to perpetuate the cycle of hurt by keeping us, you know, getting us hurt, keeping us in that mode, and getting us to believe that you can't trust people. And so it just, it just continue that way. But when we come to the household of faith, when we come to the church of the living God, especially if you belong to a church like this, we need to look beyond that and believe that the love of God, the Bible says, has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which God has given to us. So we, 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 we need to focus on how do we receive the love of God within our spiritual family. So families are crucial for healthy development it's the first place we're supposed to find love. Families, both natural and spiritual, are important for healthy growth. I'd love to ask the question this morning, who is speaking into your life 
in your spiritual family. Within your spiritual family. Who is speaking into your life? Who cares about how you turn out? Really. As you are sitting down here this morning, just ask yourself, who cares about how I turn out? Back to Mark chapter 2. Four guys took this paralytic guy and took him to the place of healing and spiritual wholeness and physical wholeness and emotional wholeness. They took responsibility to get him there. Who are you taking responsibility for and who's taking responsibility for you? It's very important. That guy must, would have lived the rest of his life a paralytic. If not for the four guys who would say, look, the house may be full, but there's something we can do. We believe that this guy can be healed. So they went to the extent of tearing down the roof. Sometimes you need people who will tear the heavens down on your behalf. People who will go on their knees and pray. Paul writing in, in, in Galatians 4 verse 19, he said, my little children, in whom I travail again in birth until Christ be formed in them. That's the work of the spiritual family. That's how you know that people care about you. That's the work of pastors, ministers, and people that we connect with within our spiritual family. If somebody can take hold with you and say, let's, let's rend the heavens open. It's like those four guys saying, look, we're carrying this guy to Jesus and we're not going to get a no for an answer. This guy has to be healed, man. We need to do something about it. We need to sort this guy out. That's, that's what a spiritual family should be like. Your family must care about your career, your family, your spiritual life, your business, your children. Who can give an account for you within your spiritual family? Or better still, are you accountable? Are you accountable? Without accountability, we live life anyhow. Without accountability, we create our own directions and do whatever we like. And even when somebody is blowing the whistle, we don't behave as if it's meant for us. Without accountability, you come to church, you listen to the message, and you, you just tell yourself, the pastor has spoken. We have spoken to himself. And like they say in my, an adage in my language, it says the dog that will be missing will not hear the whistle of the hunter. So the hunter is going far and is blowing the whistle and the dog is going in a different direction. Who is blowing the whistle for you? And which one are you listening to? That's accountability. I tell young ladies, when I have the opportunity of counseling them, especially when they're looking for somebody to marry, I tell them, any guy that is not accountable to anybody, if you marry them, you are on your own. Married people will tell you very clearly. People have issues in marriage today, and I, um, I have the privilege of saying, okay, let's work with you to resolve this issue. And we ask the question, okay, so uh, um, sometimes it's the man 
that is the issue. Then I ask the question, who can talk to your husband? And he said, nobody. Uh -uh. I said, nobody? Yeah, nobody. Does he have a father? And he said, yes, but uh, uh, he's the breadwinner. So his father cannot talk to him. Is he a Christian? Yes. Does he have a pastor? Uh, not really. That's where the problem is. The truth is that, men, you agree with me. It takes us time to submit. Right? Yeah. Because we are men. And it's been happening since the day of Jesus. When he resurrected, it's only women that went there. Yeah, because they, 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 I mean, it doesn't take them so much time to have allegiance and to submit. That's why naturally women submit to men. Naturally. That's not uh, uh, what the natural order should be. And so I believe that God has put some measure of grace on women naturally to want to submit. And the male ego can be very recalcitrant. And that's where we need to watch it. Because a man is an under-shepherd, under God. That's why God is entrusting a family unit into our hands. If you are not submitted to anybody, you can't run that family well. A great man is a submissive man. That is power under control. Have you ever seen a car without a brake before? It's a disaster. He said, this car, this car, ah, can do 50, 250 kilometer per hour. Machine. So, he said, machine, but it doesn't have brake. Come and drive. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Put a BMW 7 Series. Special machine. Then start the engine. and say, you see this thing? It can get to 300 kilometers per hour within the first two minutes. But as you see it now, no brake. We are driving. Then tell me if you enter and drive. That's a coffee. And you see, when you see, when a man or a woman decides that I'm going to live my life without being accountable to anybody, nobody can press brakes on me, that's a road that leads to perdition. Are you still here this morning? Yeah. That's, that's how it is. I can do anything. I can be anywhere I like. I can spend my money anyhow. It's my money. It's your car too. Drive. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it is. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Drive it. It's without brake. Drive it. Power makes no sense. Except it can be under control. I will say it together. Power does not make any sense, except it has control. And that's how some of us want to live our lives. That's why there's friction. That's why love is not flowing. Because there's a lot of lack of restraint, lack of accountability. We don't care whose ox is God. Just do, we just do anything, anyhow. And you can't be in a spiritual family that wants to care for you and walk with you to destiny.
and then you still overlook all the things that are in place and say I want to live my life anyhow it pleases me it's just it just won't work in a spiritual family you are guided about how to live as a believer Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the message and I hope you took notes. It's important that you're able to practice God's word because that's the only way to grow. Before we go, I want to um, invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are not born again, by that I mean you do not have a living, active relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like to invite you into one and ask that you say this prayer with me at this time. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. I ask that you become my Lord and my Savior. Father, I ask that you wash me with your precious blood and that you help me to live a good and a godly life from now on. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that is my guide and my guard and leads me in the days, the months, and the years ahead. Thank you for this precious relationship and I thank you for everything that accrues to me from it. Help me to walk in sweet fellowship with you, Father, and help me to grow as a believer. For this I thank you, for in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Let me encourage you to find a Bible-believing church uh, where you can grow as a believer and where God's word is preached. Please find time to worship with us at the Elevation Church here in Lekki, Lagos. Thank you for viewing today. Until you watch us again next week, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. Thank you. I need a place I can elevate my soul when my mind and spirit can be whole. Where the truth is real and greatness is a norm. I need a